The analogy is rich, and it takes us right back to the 23rd Psalm, Jesus as our Good Shepherd. Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. If you were with us yesterday, you'll remember that we started a look at Jesus as our Good Shepherd, taken right out of John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. We pick up in that same passage as we continue our look at Jesus as our Good Shepherd. Join us and be encouraged. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and I know my own. And my own know me. What a statement. To say he knows you, I think that's easier. But for him to say, we get to know him because God is hidden if he wants to be. He, you only get to know God if he wants to disclose himself to you. If he doesn't want you to know him, he, he can conceal himself. He can hide himself. The psalmist often said, you've hid yourself. I can't find you. But here he says, there's a reciprocal knowledge that goes between the shepherd and his people. He knows them and we get to know him. Just like the father and the son. And uh, let me tell you something. When God called you a sheep, it wasn't a compliment. It's his way of saying you're a dummy. Uh, let me tell you the characteristics of a sheep. Uh, they're nearsighted. They can get lost in their own pasture. They, they really do. They, they, they're always wondering. And they say there's something about them that is weird. That if there's one hole in, in a gate or an enclosure, they always will find it and get out. And you get this from Philip Keller and New Zealand shepherds. They have an instinct for getting lost. All we like sheep have gone astray. If, if you can get lost, sheep can do it. Uh, something about sheep, they are totally defenseless. They, they have nothing to fight with. Uh, they're in danger of drowning because of the wool. Uh, if they get in water, it can drown them. And uh, Keller brings out a common problem with sheep. They call it casting. And casting is a condition that when sheep lie down, they may get into a uh, sunken place in the earth uh, that's comfortable for them. But what they must be careful, when they get on the side, they've got to be sure that gravity doesn't move them over to their back. That's casting. Because once they get on their back, all they can do is make those four paws do all this. They can't get up. They can't right themselves. So a shepherd has to set them back up on their feet. They can't even get up. Now let's talk about you. <laughs> Are you nearsighted? You don't even know the next step. You see some Christian, I don't know where he's leading me. I don't know what God's will is. I don't know the next step. Oh, honey, just trust the shepherd. You don't, he didn't give you a map. He just said, I'll lead you. You don't need to know about tomorrow. It's today. It's not where you are. It's what you are today. What? Not where. Should I be there? Should I be there? Geography isn't your problem, honey. It's what you are towards him. Are you listening? 
Are you listening? His sheep hear his voice and they follow him. They don't read a GPS. What? Go right. Go left. No, no, no. All they need is him. Him. One professor said, sheep are proof that evolution's got to be wrong, that they've even survived. The only reason sheep survive is they've got a shepherd. And some of you have been terrible sheep because you've been in charge all your life, you dummy. And you're so that you know the way. You know the way without God, but you don't know the way of God. And he says, I know my sheep. I know how weak they are, how they can't figure out the right way to eternal life, uh, how many predators are after them, how many times they're just down, they can't get up, uh, they've fallen down, another's hand has to reach them, they can't rescue themselves. And he even says, he knows them so well that he calls them by name. Now, he says, he not only knows them, but they know him. You know, I, I feel when he called me, I know he knows my name. I heard dummy and I answered. <laughs> or bozo. What does he call you? If he was to call you by what you really are, what name would it be? Uh, doubting? Murmurer? Oh, joyful. That's, that's me. Straying? Weak, lame, stubborn. What, is that your name, any of you? There's about 80 of you there. You look guilty. Uh, complaining, you know, weak, broken, uh, stra uh, stranded. I can't get up. I don't know how to get out of this. I'm in a mess. I need help. Can you hear the shepherd's voice? He knows how to set you up again. He knows how to give you strength. And when the wolf's coming, there's only one shepherd that can handle this wolf, Jesus. And that wolf, that wolf attacked so strong that he took him to the cross. But he never counted on him coming back alive. He never counted on that. So, we know Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Just to say that in all this world, you know the shepherd. That's comforting. And then I, I think it's comforting to me that in verse 18, when he went to the cross, he wanted you to know nobody made him do what he did. His love was voluntary. His sacrifice was... Because I think sometimes we picture... Christ was killed by a mob and, uh, you know, couldn't get out of it. No, he said, I could call ten legions of angels. I can get out anytime. I volunteered to be the shepherd at the cost of my life. Now, if he did that at the cross, Romans 8 said, if God did not spare his son, the hardest thing for him to do, will he not give you everything to come? The hardest part of rescuing you has already been done. The death of Christ. And he did it voluntarily. I don't know about you. But if they'd had to drag Jesus to the cross. And he would have been kicking and screaming. Get me off. Get me off. It would lose its meaning to me. 
He still would die. He'd still be crucified. But the meaning would be gone for me. He said, I lay down my life. I'll be as dumb as a lamb before the shears. I won't even protest because I've agreed with the Father that I'll die to become the shepherd. So he has entered into a voluntary love with you, knowing all your weakness. He knows your parents. He knows your sins. He knows your mistakes. He knows your personality bent. He knows everything about you. And he said, I'm going to choose to love them even at the cost of my life. That is one of the greatest comforts in your weakest moments. If he wanted to get out of having me as his sheep, he had plenty of opportunity. And he's going to tell us in John 10, 28, by the way, I don't plan to ever let you slip out of my grip. I'm going to keep you forever. And then he says, finally, I'll rise so I can continue to shepherd you from heaven. And we get a picture of him in Hebrews 7 that says, He is ever living to make intercession for us according to the will of God that we may have timely help. So he's as much alive and is that great shepherd of the sheep. And uh, he's our chief shepherd, Peter says. Let me uh, just talk to you as a pastor and see some of the challenges I, I felt by these other passages. He said, elders, take care of the church like a shepherd with sheep. Peter says, elders, shepherd the flock of God. Do it willingly. Don't do it for filthy lucre. Don't lord it over God's people. Lead them. Be an example to them. Be concerned about them. And I see five challenges that jump out of the, the template that Christ is the model. It's a scary thing to be a born sinner, such as all pastors, and to become his sheep, and then all of a sudden hear him say, I want you to take care of sheep. I want to make you an under-shepherd. Wait, 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 Lord, I'm a sheep. Me, 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 me. Take care of me. He said, I know, but I want you to help me take care of my flock. You got to be kidding. I'm not kidding. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Well, take care of my people. Take care of my sheep. Take care of my lambs. Uh, there's going to be wolves that are going to come to Ephesus. Elders, shepherd these people. Oversee these people. And be willing to pay with your life to Defend them against the wolves of false teachers that will come to destroy the flock of God. Uh, it, it's, it's tough. I can never say you're my flock because I don't own any of you. I don't, I don't own a franchise called Valley Bible. I'm here today, gone tomorrow. This is Christ's church. Christ saved you folks. Christ keeps you. Christ is the head of the church, not preachers. Christ. But what scares me, he makes us elders accountable for a bunch of you, and some of you are rascals. Some of you are always getting into trouble. 
Some of you stay weak. You go here, there, and we're called by God. He said the false shepherds of Israel never healed the lame. They just fed on the sheep. They never set the bones. They never went after the strain. They never cared. Some of you, you say, I want to sin and don't bother me. Well, you need to go to another place. Because God holds us guys accountable. Are you taking care of my flock? Five things that I'm challenged by. Number one, what is our motivation as elders and as any shepherding ministry? Whether you're leading a men's study, uh, children's church, uh, uh, women's study, Sunday school, Wherever we are, it's a shepherding, caring kind of thing. Some of us he calls shepherd. But I always have to ask myself, uh, do I love the flock enough to lay down my life for them? That's not easy. I don't mind Jesus doing that for me. I just don't know if I want to do that for him. I don't think I would mind doing it for him. But what gets real messy is when you're involved. Would you do it for one of my dirty, straying, endangered sheep? Would you endanger yourself to rescue them? Or would you just look the other way? Do you just want to be a preacher? And everybody brag on three good points and, oh man, that was great. Or do you care to pastor my people, which is lonely, long hours, and sometimes heartbreaking as you see them go up in flames? See, I, that's what the early churches, most of them only ran the size of a household. So they'd be maybe at the most 50. I keep up with 50. I can't keep up with 1,000. There's 10 elders, five of us full-time, five lay elders. They're on jobs. They can only do so much. I have to ask myself, why are you in it? Do you love the people or do you love the salary? Because a lot, most men don't do things because they love their trade. They love the pay. And ministry is ruined the moment you love the pay and you don't love the people. That's our challenge. Uh, then, reading Ezekiel, do we care for the flock? That's what Peter said. Do we care? Uh, we can't always fix it, but do we care? And lest I forget it, uh, and I did in the first service, uh, Many of you don't know him, but some do. Our dear brother Steve Fernandez right now, Pastor's Community Bible in Vallejo. Uh, they have discovered a brain tumor uh, in the center of his brain, at the base of his brain, which is fatal when it gets to the base, to the brain stem. Uh, they can't do chemo. They can't even do a biopsy. And uh, his left side is going. It looks like he's had a stroke on the left side. I was with him Monday. His end is near unless God intervenes. He goes to San Francisco State tomorrow to see a world-class specialist. His own father died of this very thing when he was 46. Would you pray for that man? And his wife, Karen, in that fellowship. Do we care? Of course, he's like a son to me. Remember that family and that church that's reeling under this grievous news. 
It's wonderful when you see people who care about God's church. I remember we've had different storms in this church, different building programs. And there was a certain kind you knew if, there, if a, a storm came up, they'd go church shopping. If you got in a building program, go church shopping. Might come back when you get it done. The Lord led us back. Well, bless your name. Where were you when we were building it? Where were we when we were raising money to pay for it? Well, the Lord didn't lead me to be there. No, no, because you don't care. You don't care. And American Christians join churches and they have no right to be members because they don't care. The members are to have care one for another, not just the shepherds. We're members of a body too. See, I could beat up as elders over the shepherd analogy. But Rich Rollins used to always tell me, don't forget we're members of a body too, Phil. Every member is supposed to be caring. Every member is supposed to be ministering. Every member is supposed to be helping one another. Not a few. Every member. I think of what he says, uh, do we know the flock or are we trying to become known? Does the flock know us? I loved it when the church was small. It's safer now that it's big because you don't know me. And I feel real comfortable with you because I don't know some of you. And I really thank God I don't. <laughs> I can't keep up with the ones I know. Because I might not like you if I get to know you. And that's why I don't want you to get too close to me. You can't hardly stand the sermons. You ought to know the person. I don't want to know you. I understand. But he knew his sheep. He didn't know them just a buddy around and just uh, his golfing partner or just his buddy buddy. No, he knew them well enough to know when they were in danger. He knew them well enough to know what care they needed. And they knew him. They knew his voice. What a moving picture. This is the God of the universe that's numbered the hair of your head, ordained the day of your birth, has already planned the day of your death, and has already planned the entrance you're going to have into heaven. He knows everything about you. He knows everything. And so uh, I think a big question is do we love the flock of God enough to risk danger to help the people of God? Uh, I remember a period of, when I was here, I, I asked God for six months, let me leave this church. I went out, we were going through great trials, we are at the Rio, and anybody that could stay at the Rio had to be an apostle, and I was wore out, and we were in great, great trials, money, we needed this property, oh, lots of stuff, lots of stuff, and I kept saying, God, uh, I, I got to get out of here. I, I, I'm wore out. I've been here 18 years. I want to go. I want to go. Uh, if I stay any longer, it's going to kill me. And one day he spoke to me. He said, that's just what I intend to do. Because unless the kernel of corn dies, it remains alone. I want you to die. And as far as I was concerned, I died at the Rio Theater. I, I had no more to give. I was spent. The surprising thing is the Lord Jesus knew how to resurrect me and the church so that he'd get the glory. 
And so I'd say since 1990, I've been a resurrected man. I've continued because of the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection. Uh, I had no more to give, but he, he had plenty more to give. Who loves God's church? Who loves God's church? That's the question. What would you do to make his people do well? Would you serve? Some of you won't. You've proven that for years. You've never served. I don't understand you. Uh, would you give? Some of you still praying about it. You've been in disobedience all these years. You're just watching. You're just hanging out. We don't even know if you're a sheep. Because you don't act like one. Sheep follow the shepherd. And the shepherd says, serve, pray, love my people. Oh, don't love my people because they're always lovely. Don't love my people because they're all the ones you would have chose. Just love my people. It was just like Israel. I didn't choose you because you're easy to get along. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you got a good temperament. Just because you got a Christian doesn't mean you're easy to get along with. But God saves all kinds. And you need to thank him. That's how you got in. And we've got to learn to love each other. Appreciate each other. Care for one another. It shows the love of the shepherd. He loves you. And that ought to be enough. If he loves you, God help me as Deborah was talking about these adopted children. He can teach us to love one another. And by this, all men will know you are my disciples because you're right on doctrine. What, you're right on what? You love one another. Has anyone accused you of that lately? So we say, well, I know their name. They're the most loving person. Carol and I know a woman, 86 years old. She's in this church. Her name in that church would be encouragement, enthusiasm, help you if you need help. She's known. But when Jesus called her, she was just a lost sinner. But he said, come, come. And the sheep hear his voice. Let me say something to you that's going to bother you. Your sheep, before he even calls you in his mind, he's already chosen you. He's already elected you. But he said, I'll show it in time who I've elected. In time, I'll say, come forth, bozo. <laughs> Phil Howard, not you, you're intelligent. Come forth, Phil Howard. And I said, I hear a voice above all the noise of this world. I hear a voice calling me. What is it? What is it? What is it? It's the voice of the shepherd. Follow me. Follow me. I heard it on South Cutting, and I've been following now for 50 some odd years. The voice of eternity spoke to a kid's heart, just like he spoke to you. We're his sheep. Life forever in Jesus Christ. That's the title of our series here in the book of John. We trust our time together today has encouraged you in Christ as we work our way through this wonderful gospel. It is our hope and prayer that chapter 20 and verse 31 will come to bear on your own heart and mind, and that you understand why John wrote what he wrote for the purpose of believing and having life eternal in Christ. 
To review a copy of today's program or to obtain the entire series, we would ask you to get in touch with us here at Truth For Today, and there are a couple of ways to do so. You can call us at 855-833-9864, or you can stop by our website, valleybible.org, and take advantage of the resource materials that we have posted there as well. You're also welcome to write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, the zip code 94547. And as always, your gifts make a great difference here at the ministry. No matter how large or how small, your financial contributions to this ministry allow us to continue presenting the gospel here on KFAX. As a TFT sustainer, we would also like to pass along your way a quarterly newsletter, along with our once-a-year special gift and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional that we have. Again, these are all just simple ways of saying thank you for supporting us financially, realizing that this broadcast is presented daily here on KFAX through your financial involvement as well as your prayerful support. One other note as we close out our time together today, we would like to invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. You can find out all of the details and directions at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. We thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure to share God's Word with you. And we look forward to the next time when we can do it again here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. <music>